Again, it is the Geek Rex Oscar podcast. Hooray! Uh, done uh, mostly live and in person, uh, which is always exciting for us uh, here at our uh, rectangular table uh, in the Lodge Pinion household. Uh, and though we do have one of us over on the Skype line. Uh, so uh, just real quickly, uh, joining us as always every single year for this podcast is our good friend Jason Maldonado. Hello, Jason. Hi, friends. And uh, we, of course, have Harper behind the board. Hello. And Hannah. Hello. And Cal over in good old Ohio. Yeah, they don't like me enough to uh, fly me down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, I do like you a lot, Cal. Uh, I wish you were here. <laughs> I, I the budget was spent on snacks. There's no, no, I get it. The snacks are really important. There's no snacks on this table. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, the way we do this every single year is we run down all the major categories along with a few uh, below-the-line categories or technical categories. And we each pick who we think will win and who we think should win, uh, giving a little bit of editorializing for every category. Um, this will hopefully help you with your Oscar balloting for any party you may be attending that may not be at our house. Or uh, just for your own fun when you play along at home, just to see how uh, much we got right or wrong. So I'm going to start the way we always start with what I think is really the most exciting category, because I feel like I learn something every single year. Uh, Mr. Harper Harris, <laughs> why don't we talk about best sound editing and best sound mixing? Your choice, which one you want to start with? All right. So we're really not uh, burying the lead on this one for <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah. So once again, just to kind of clarify, I guess, um, editing is more like the sound effects and like the individual kind of uh, you know, sounds that get put into a movie. So that's usually something like a big war movie or a sci-fi movie. And mixing is the actual, you know, mixing together of all the different elements, the music, the dialogue, the sound effects, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that one's usually a little trickier. Um, editing, I think true to form is probably going to go to a military movie, probably going to go to Hacksaw Ridge for that. Lots of bullets flying and stuff like that. I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm going to guess that traditionally they kind of go for that kind of movie. What, what, what's it going up against in that category? Uh, oh yeah, we probably should do that, huh? Sound editing is uh, Rival, Deepwater Horizon, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, and Sully. So um, all pretty good picks, I, I would imagine, although I haven't seen um, Hacksaw Ridge or Deepwater Horizon. But for sound editing, that's the kind of movies that typically get picked. Um, so I think Hacksaw Ridge probably will take it. I would like to see Arrival take it. I actually think Arrival is probably a good pick for both of the sound awards. It's got really, really interesting kind of um, down-to-earth design. You know, despite it being a sci-fi movie, which I think it also uh, gives it an edge on some other categories that we're probably going to talk about, too. But, yeah, I think it's really well done. I've read a little bit about how they put it together, and it's it's pretty interesting how they kind of took the um, the theme of communication and language and built that into some of the sound design and the way they mixed it to kind of make things gradually become clear. It was pretty interesting. Um, and then for mixing, the nominees are Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, La La Land, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and 13 Hours. 
Um, again, I probably I think uh, Arrival should win, but this one I'm going to guess is going to go to Rogue One. Um, this uh, just uh, you know I'm actually surprised Rogue One's not in the sound editing because that's the other kind of movie they go for, especially given that this is a sci-fi war movie in you know in some ways. So there's a lot of you know a lot of sound effects work going into that. So I'm thinking uh, for your Oscar betting pool, Rogue One for mixing and Hacksaw Ridge for editing. Very good. Thank you, Harper. Uh, let's hop over to best visual effects. I always like this category, mainly because it's kind of the the ghetto where all of the big blockbusters tend to uh, propagate. So in best visual effects, we've got Deepwater Horizon, Doctor Strange, The Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. I'm going to turn it over to the lady first, and if she has any thoughts about this. <laughs> I think we're talking about me. <laughs> this is the one I was like, don't call on me. I don't know. I I think my should would probably be Kubo, but my will is the Jungle Book. All right. Very interesting. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump in. I think the uh, the should on this is... Probably Kubo as well. Now, you know, generally speaking, I think Doctor Strange had the best visuals I saw this year. It uh, really just blew my socks off as somebody that actively loves the, uh, the sort of Ditko-inspired art from those Doctor Strange comics that this thing was pulling from pretty heavily. But I think Kubo is just such a visual wonder, the hour of it I saw anyway. And so that would be my should. I was pretty much in awe of the thing. But the will... I mean, I feel like if they have a chance to award a Star Wars movie in this category, they're going to take it. You know, I, I agree. This is a hard one for me because Doctor Strange, uh, I, I want to be blown away by something that says best visual effects. And it just feels it just reminds me so much of uh, the Christopher Nolan movie, you know, when you see so many of the And so it doesn't feel new or innovative in that sense. I know that's not exactly what the definition I'm sure of this category is versus I do remember being wild by Kubo and the Jungle Book. I remember sitting through large parts of the Jungle Book being like, how does it look so seamless the way these animals are talking and not making it look childish? Um, the entire, or in a way that just kind of makes me want to roll my eyes. So those are the two that um, I think should win. And then I'm hoping that the will win will actually be Kubo. I think that would be really cool. I'm going to go uh, Doctor Strange as the should, just because I, I, that, that was the one that definitely blew me away, as, as we kind of mentioned. That it's just, you know, excellent and really interesting special effects that were really, I think that's the main thing that everybody remembers from Doctor Strange, um, at least for me. The will win is probably probably going to go to Star Wars. Just um, you know, it's Star Wars, and you know, the, and the effects are very good in that too. That was that would probably be my second choice. So, yeah, this one's really tough for me to pick. Should win. I loved Kubo. I thought it was gorgeous. I think it's a little strange to be nominating an animated movie for best visual effects, even though I, I understand why and kind of how that came about. If I was going with a should win, just based on like just spectacle. You know, Doctor Strange, I think, did a lot of really cool stuff, but Kubo was the most impressive. And even if I think it's weird to see it in this category, uh, shit, it earned any awards that I think it's going to get. Uh, as for Will Win, ah, fuck it. I don't know. Um, uh, a lot of people work for Disney, uh, The Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't keep Tally. What's, who, who, what did we say was the Will Win on this? Tally and I both said Jungle Book. Okay. Right, and I, I said Rogue One, and you said Rogue One, and Jason, what was your will one? Kubo. Kubo. So based on that, we've got a tie between Jungle Book and Star Wars. 
So uh, flip a coin, I guess, when you're making your ballot for visual effects. Or we'll just give this one to Suicide Squad. No! <laughs> no! Suicide Squad portion of the podcast. Oh, oh man, I was really trying it to It already avoid happened. It. Damn it. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Warner Brothers oh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> God. All right. So uh, moving over to best production design. This is the uh, category that... In simplified terms, kind of uh, encompasses your set design, your props, and any sort of affirma that uh, sort of sets the tone and time period in which a uh, in, in the reality in which a film takes place. So your nominees for this category are Arrival, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Hail Caesar, La La Land, and Passengers. I'm going to set the tone here myself. I'm going to say the will win on this is La La Land, though I think the should win. And I, you have you have to forgive me. I'm only basing this on uh, someone who has not seen Fantastic Beasts or Passengers. Uh, I think this was maybe the most successful thing about Hail Caesar. So I will give that my should win. I did not see that coming. I didn't get it, but uh, but I get it. Like I, I understand where you're where you're coming from in that. I actually uh, I think I saw almost all of these, and Fantastic Beasts is the one I think should win, just based on the complexities of building this imaginary world and having everything down. To detail, but I think uh, because Hollywood right now is in love with La La Land, it makes sense that that would probably come through as the winner. So that's kind of uh, my will win and should win. I think Arrival, for kind of the same reasons I said about the sound, just that it's got a real kind of grounded approach to sci-fi. I, I really liked the look of the movie and it kept it very kind of not not like over-the-top sci-fi, but also very kind of interesting and realistic. So that's my should. There's no way that's going to win. Um, but I think, um, uh, I think I'm actually going to go Passengers for Willwin just for this, the fact that that's the only thing I've heard about that movie. And, and looking at um, the trailer and, and screen caps and everything, it does look very, very well designed. I think the, the guy that did it um, has done um, a bunch of Christopher Nolan movies and some other kind of interesting stuff. So... Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Fascinating. That's like the one movie that I figured would not even stand a chance. Really? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any. I know nothing about it except for the controversy yeah. surrounding it. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you completely here, Kyle. La La Land. I think. I mean, everyone says La La Land will win. Well, most of us say La La Land will win, and I think that that instinct's pretty right. Hollywood loves itself, but it loves. It loves a lionized version of itself, and I think that the Coen brothers with Hail Caesar make them absurd and petty and small in a way that uh, I don't think they love. I do think that there's a lot that goes into making something look fake, but look fake in a real way, which is what a lot of Hail Caesar was. So yeah, I, I would love to see Hail Caesar win, but La La Land's going to take it, I think. There's something great about La La Land, though, too. And, the, and if you, I mean, if you really think about the movie, all of the different scenes, there are so many scenes in that movie because it, it's so fluid and just moves from different, different places the entire movie. And so, if you think of from that perspective, the production design must have been quite, quite difficult for that movie. Oh, certainly, especially in the very last scene, which I think most people sort of uh, single out as like the best part of the movie. Right. So, it, it, to me, it comes like a, which one was more complex in regards to like the, the difficulty of the production sign and, and how it all kind of flows and come together or just in general, the imaginative nature of something and, and building that and making it look real. Yeah. I mean, I think Baba Land will win. And I honestly think maybe it should. I mean, I didn't like La La Land that much, but I think of the categories it's up for production design and then like song are the ones where I'm like, okay, I see that, you mm -hmm. know, 
Arrival would also kind of be up there for me because so much of that movie was kind of about how we visualize things and how that helps us process them. And I, I think they did a really good job of taking an intellectual approach to how things looked in that movie. So, Well, that's a, a pretty overwhelming uh, endorsement for La La Land in that category. Harper, uh, you are a man on an island uh, <laughs> in best production design for passengers. Uh, you're, you're sort of the Chris Pratt on your own, looking for a woman to wake up, I guess. To- <laughs> Just give me some space. <laughs> In space, where no one can see you. (laughs) All right, let's move over to music since Hannah uh, mentioned uh, that segue, and I think that helps with Best Original Song. The nominees for this category are Audition, The Fools Who Dream from La La Land, Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls, (laughs) Trolls, Uh, City of Stars from La La Land, excuse me, The Empty Chair from Jim, The James Foley Story, how Far I'll Go from Moana, not Mona, as I've been calling it for almost a year. Uh, thank you. And Harper's the creep. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so someone tell me who you think will win and should win in this category. I will say to Hannah's point earlier, this is one of those categories. Well, um, I'm not as in love with La La Land, to be quite honest. This makes sense for it to win. It should win this category. If it doesn't win this category, you know, what, what's the big deal about it? But <laughs> as um, as a huge, huge fan of the movie Moana, the story, this song, How Far I'll Go, is probably every LGBT member's favorite song of the year. It is a song about getting out of, uh, um, you know, your current environment and finding who you are as a person. And so to me, as a gay man, this song just like moved myself and a lot of my friends who have seen this movie. So that's a great song. That's the should win for me. Plus, um, I can never say his name, but it's done by the guy who did uh, Hamilton. Um, so he's pretty credible, uh, right? Lynn Manuel Miranda. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Like he did all of the music, so that's pretty legit. Um, but of course, I think the the will win will be La La Land for those who are putting dollars behind things. But which La La Land song? Oh, City of Stars. I think that. I mean, I think City. That's a great point. But I think City of Stars is definitely going to uh, take it here. I mean, it's um, it's just the song that you that gets that sticks with you. See, I, I actually I'm I like La La Land quite a bit. But I think that most of the music is middling at best, sung by mediocre singers. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a lot to like about it. You know, in mean, the production design, uh, I think the just naked emotionality. I don't think the music is particularly good. I do think City of Stars is the best song in it. And I will agree with you that it's it's the will win. But I'll also agree that How Far I'll Go is unquestionably the should win. Um, honestly... I would replace both La La Land songs with two other Moana songs too. Like, oh, let's talk later. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I definitely think uh, the will win is City of Stars, only because I think it's like this this ongoing earworm that uh, is just floating around every single award show that's awarding music. I do not feel confident picking a will win because I did not see Moana, so I'm going to abstain. You mean it should. Or, or should win. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, yes. It should so, City win. of Stars is your will. Yes. Same. I have absolutely nothing to add to this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've covered Harper. it. <laughs> yeah, my my picks are unfortunately not very uh, very um, controversial either. <laughs> I haven't seen Mona, but uh, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it's pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, City of Stars is, is a gimme on this one, and and I I really like that song. And I love the movie, so um, that's probably my should win too. 
After you went with uh, passengers for the last one, I was really hoping you'd go with trolls for this one. Man. Yeah, I thought about doing that one for our for our buddy John, who's you know a huge trolls fan. But he does love <laughs> you know what? But you know what? That song probably made the most money. Right, we can give it that. It's not going to win the award. The Trolls song? Yes, mm. by far. Do, I mean, tro- that, do Trolls make more money than Milwaukee? No, 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 the song itself. Oh. I mean, oh. that song is Justin Timberlake was everywhere in the summer and fall and however long, but so it gets Boy. that award. And it, and <laughs> the it, Billboard and Award. And now go away. Yes, yeah, yeah, the American <laughs> Music Award. Now People's Choice. Yeah. <laughs> Teens, Nickelodeon <laughs> Choice Award Junior Award. I just want to clear, clarify, John does not like the movie Trolls. I no, don't he does. Like, I don't, has he seen the movie? I'm sure he loves it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Poor John, please tweet at us. Uh, yeah, I got to find out about that. All right. I'm going to skip over to best original score now, the other side of the uh, musical category, which I think is a, a little a little more enticing for my personal taste. So the nominees are Jackie uh, from Micah Levi, La La Land from Justin Hurwitz, Lion by Dustin O'Halloran and Pachka, uh, Moonlight <laughs> by Nicholas Brattel and Passengers by Thomas Newman, and, and, uh, uh, a regular in that category. Uh, so, musicians, Harper, why don't you uh, tell me what you think the uh, will win and should win on that original score? I did not know Thomas Newman was nominated until about 30 seconds ago. And I love Thomas Newman, but I haven't seen that movie, so I can't uh, can't vouch for Passenger's score. But um, yeah, I think this one's pretty obviously going to go La La Land. And and I think it should. I, I, uh, unlike Cal here, I, I like the music <laughs> in La La Land a good bit. Um, and uh, and I like Justin Hurwitz, too, so I'd, I'd love to see it go, go, for, uh, go with him. I, too, like the music in La La Land, and I know it will win because it's won every single score award that has uh, just about that has has crept or uh, crept up that I that I can remember. Maybe I'm wrong. But 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 I'm going to go with I'm going to go with my should win is Jackie. Uh, I thought that score was captivating. Uh, It was probably my favorite part of the entire movie, even more so than Natalie Portman's performance. And. The one thing about Michael Levi that I think is really impressive is that uh, she's relatively young uh, and both of the scores that she's been attached to this and um, uh, oh no. this, yes, this, yeah, that, thank you. That both of those scores have been haunting and have really helped set an incredible tone for uh, two very strong female led films. I, I will. I will say, uh, you know, not to chime in too much on this because I, I actually haven't seen a lot of these movies. But I did like La La Land's score. I did not like its songs. Mm. Ah, fair. I actually completely agree with that. I thought the the uh, the score was fantastic in La La Land. I thought the writing um, in the music was, to your point, mediocre at best, from my opinion. I thought Jackie and Moonlight scores were phenomenal. Um, and so I think La La Land uh, will win. The should win was I was torn between Jackie and Moonlight. But there are elements. The, the thing I like about Moonlight is even when it, it's not the score and it switches from score just to um, uh, like music in the car, it's so perfect. Like when he's riding around in his giant vehicle listening to that song, it just gets stuck in your head and it's perfect for the scene. It, it's just seamless. But I agree with Kyle 100 percent. The star of Jackie, I think, is the score. It is phenomenal so that would be my should win um and then the will win of course will be la la land 
you know, it's funny. I don't remember any of the music from Moonlight. It's the one thing I, remember, I don't it's remember. It's kind of a good little main theme. I, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember like yeah, I saw the movie. Yeah. Boy, I, I, that, that's something I'm going to have to revisit to even know what that sounds like. I just remember the opening track, that uh, 1970s uh, uh, R&B pop song, Every N-Word is a Star. Uh, I think that that's a very striking way to start a movie, and I remember that really just sort of blowing me back. They have really, really mm. intense uh, music that reminded me of 12 Years a Slave um, type um, powerful vibes when they do those up-close shots of the kids, like staring into the camera, especially the one where he like dips his head in ice and like looks at the mirror. There's some really powerful music around some of those scenes. So that uh, is a blow away for La La Land, uh, which you know, probably should be one of the categories it, it takes away in the end. And I think you can bet on that. Uh, let's move over to best cinematography, which is, there's a lot of ways to describe cinematography, but it's seen lighting, uh, shot compositions, framing, etc. Nominees are Arrival, which is Bradford Young, La La Land, Linus Sandgren, Lion, Greg Frazier, uh, Moonlight, James Laxton, and Silence, Rodrigo Prieto. Has anyone seen Lion in this group? Mm-mm. Nope. I, I missed it, man. I, we, we almost went to a screening and then just didn't. Uh, it, was, it, was right, it was right around the time Christmas traffic was awful around here. So it was impossible to get to the theater. You know, the, the, La La Land, usually what happens is it's, it's, it's the rarest of rare cases that the best picture winner is is not the one that wins best cinematography. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not to get spoilery for the last category, but I think there's a pretty good chance that La La Land is going to win best cinematography. Um, but Lion won at the, at the ASC. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, though some people think that's a fluke. Um, I've seen, I've seen some analysis on that. That's like, don't, don't bet on that. Hmm. Um, I could see Moonlight. Um, robbing them here. I mean, if there was going to be an upset, I think that the cinematography in Moonlight was phenomenal. Um, and there's something about Arrival that also sticks too. Um, so those two categories, I think, are watchouts. I mean, for my ballot on the day, we'll for sure be choosing La La Land. But I think if you're close in betting against somebody, this might be one of the categories where you could probably choose something different if you're wanting to take a risk. So for the record, is La La Land your will win? I think it definitely, yeah, I think it's the will win. I think this should win is Moonlight, but I, I would agree with anyone who said Arrival as well. I, I, man, I think Silence had incredible cinematography, you know, for whatever you could say about the actual text of the movie itself, uh, which Harper and I have debated, you know, <laughs> endlessly. But I, it's a beautiful looking film. Agreed. Uh, and for me, it might be the most picturesque film of the entire bunch. So it would definitely be my should win, but at La La going to be my world win. I was torn between uh, La La Land and, and Moonlight for for Will Win, um, and I'm kind of leaning Moonlight, which is is definitely my should win. I think that movie that's one of the real strengths of Moonlight too is it makes this kind of very um, very everyday life kind of there's nothing you know very out, out there about the whole thing, but they do a really good job of making it incredibly beautiful and poignant. Just in the in these kind of simple things, just somebody driving down the street and make it seem you know one of the most gorgeous shots I've, I've seen this year. So that's definitely my should win, and I think I'm going to go with that for my will win too. I think it's mm. Bottle Land is maybe a little more likely, but um, I'm going to I'm going to go with a controversial pick and say Moonlight. Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to say which one will win. This is a category that I actually feel is like really close, um, and I think that 
all of the contenders that I've seen are actually really strong in this. I don't know. Cinematography seems to favor such big, like, statement cinematography that, like, something like Moonlight that's so understated does seem like a really tough call for them to make. I do lean La La Land, but there's a part of me that thinks that Arrival, might, this might be one of its upset categories. But yeah, so I, I'll split the difference there and say, you know, Arrival should win, uh, La La Land will win, but I, I'm not at all confident about that. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Arrival for should and will. I don't know why. I mean, maybe La La Land will get it, but I feel like instead people will be thinking of that as production design and maybe mm-hmm. skip it for cinematography. It's just the feeling I have. So we uh, look to be leaning towards La La Land as the will win for this category. Uh, but uh, there's quite, there's a bit of there's a bit of wavering that uh, there could be some 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 leaning towards perhaps a Moonlight or an Arrival or a Lion or a Lion. If that which... was... I just feel like Arrival and Moonlight made statements visually in the movie. Like I remember, I can remember the hues of the different blues in Moonlight throughout the movie, mm-hmm. the entire movie, and I can remember the the shades of gray and 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 the the ways they played with that in Arrival throughout the entire movie. La La Land is more just a, um, a huge splattering of different colors that seem to represent Hollywood. Um, and so I guess that's its statement. But for some reason, Moonlight and Arrival are just sticking into my head in regards to like making a statement to Cal's point. Well, and I haven't seen Lion or Silence, so it's hard for me to mm. even weigh in on that part. As someone who loves colors, I must say <laughs> that there is a lot to La La Land that does appeal to me. Sure. Uh, uh, that uh, which... You know, sometimes the drab grays of an arrival can, can do not necessarily tickle that part of my brain. But I still think of a lot of the colors as being more production design in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas arrival, you know, I mean, you think about kind of iconic scenes that you can sell to someone to vote for arrival in 10 seconds. The mist sweeping over the mountain and beneath the obelisk, like... That is just such an instantly just recognizable and almost iconic image that I think Arrival, I don't know, Hannah, you're kind of winning me over here. Yeah, and I I mean, the way the aliens looked, too, like there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's something really unique about that and how much they chose to show and when they decided to show it that, again, I'm not an expert on anything technical, but I feel like because more of it was CG, it would lean more towards like the cinematography realm, whereas La La Land was just a lot of practical set stuff. So mm. yeah. the, the way they framed the gravity shift stuff too is really, really yes. cool and interesting and in, um, in Arrival. And the writing of the language and how they communicate through the glass. All right, we're all changing our votes. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I'm still going with La La Land. I, I, right. think, I think a good filter is always okay. So... I don't know. I don't know what our will win is anymore now that there, there's there been there's been vote switching. A toss-up between Arrival and La La Land. Uh, flip a coin and, and, and determine that way, I guess. But it sounds like this is the category that if you're going to make, you know, uh, try to be different from somebody else and upset your party, that's probably all going to vote very similar across the board. Yeah. This is one of the categories. Definitely. What a shame about silence, man. I, I sure hope uh, that finds an audience someday. What a, what a great film that no one seemed to have watched. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move over to best film editing, which, uh, you know, editing is is fairly self-explanatory, but in, in simplest terms, 
it's basically how a film flows together, narrative flow, scene transitions, and really a film can be made or broken by its editor, as we learned with movies like Suicide Squad, <laughs> which we talked about just a little bit ago. Now it gets its second mention in this podcast. The nominees for Best Film Editing are, are Arrivals, Joe Walker, Hacksaw Ridge's John Gilbert, Hell or High Waters, Jake Roberts, La La Land's Tom Cross, Moonlight's Nat Sanders, and Joy McMillan. I want to make one complaint about this category, and I thought about it as I was looking at it today. I think, and I can't say anything about Hacksaw Ridge, but Manchester by the Sea's editing is one of the best parts of that movie. I would agree with that. Definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a major snub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Pretty it's, split on that one. I, I think I, I found its editing to just to be really uh, unusual and the flat, the, its flashback structure to be unique in a way that really grabbed me and I think kind of jolted me in and out of the film in a way that I appreciated. But uh, I don't know. Of the, of the nominees we have, so we're not <laughs> litigating Manchester by the Sea here. Who, who will and should win? I think La La Land and Moonlight stand the best chance just because the kind of editing of the different time, you know, the jumping forward in time and stuff is a big part of the plot for both of those films and they both handle it really well. Um, I'm going to go Moonlight for should and will. Okay, that's one for Moonlight. This is another one of those categories for, for me, La La Land deserves uh, will and should. I think that movie was very complex again um, from beginning to end, probably not only direct and produce, but also to edit to make it look as seamless as it did. I, I, I'm with you in regards to the flashback scenes with Moonlight, but there are whole ch- chunks of scenes in that movie that probably don't require as much complex editing from my perspective. And so, um, I don't know, La La Land just seems like it might have been more difficult in, in that regard. See, and I, it's one of the few categories that I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. Take it. You deserve it in this case. Yeah. I, I think for Moonlight, why I think it will get editing is because it was probably, I mean, it's already a, just a more difficult feat to take a film that spans three different mm-hmm. times of this person's life and has different actors cast in all of them. But it also did a really good job of not, I don't know, giving too much exposition like just using editing and and craft to tell a story instead of explaining what we've missed in the mm-hmm. gaps. So that's kind of why that would be my pick. I guess I'll disagree with both of you. I think that it's a rival should and will. I, I, I always tend to fall back on the Oscars awarding the splashiest possible option. And I think that a rival with its structure of flashbacks and flash forwards and kind of weird the weird way it plays with time... I think this is one of the categories that not only has good editing, which I think that you guys are both right. La La Land and Moonlight both have excellent editing. I think that this has show-offy editing in a way that those two don't. And the Academy loves show-offs. I would agree with the rival for the should, for sure. I think it does a lot of really bold stuff, too. And not just in the kind of um, the narrative structure of the movie, but... I always think about the first time when uh, when Luis goes up and meets the uh, the aliens and Im- immediately cuts back to her being um, you know decontaminated. Like I remember both times I saw it in the theaters, thinking like, "Oh my god, I really wanted to see a little bit more of that." And it's it's frustrating in a really good way for the movie. It really makes you kind of more engaged, and it's a little um, it is a little showy too. Um, so yeah, I think Arrival should win. 
in. I think uh, I think La La Land's probably going to take it. I, I don't think it necessarily doesn't deserve it, but I think um, it's got a lot of that kind of classic Hollywood style, almost invisible editing that um, that that uh, you know the Academy will probably go for. I tend to agree with Harper. I think La La Land's probably going to win that. But on the should, I, I, I agree with Cal. I think Arrival's editing is one of the things that uh, kind of kind of struck me about it, particularly as he said, the flashier elements of its lead. Um, but you know, I wouldn't underrate the editing of Hell or High Water, uh, which you kind of have to sort of divide what what its strengths are in its script versus what is actually presented in the flow of the film. And I think it really expertly showcases two sort of warring bits of opposition slowly colliding together in a way that uh, never makes either side ever feel like it outstays its welcome. It's it's sort of under-edited in a way that I appreciate. That is a surprise. Yeah, I know. I, I liked, I, I really, I really like that movie, honestly, but I, I don't think it's editing was necessarily better than like Arrivals. So, or at least in a, a very obvious way. So, uh, but La La Land has the most votes here. So I feel like every category we can just record ourselves saying should be X will be La La Land. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can just edit that all together. <laughs> there's, there's a bit of a trend this year, um, and I hope for some surprises, but it uh, seems like the writing may be on the wall based on precursors. Who's to say? Uh, I guess the Academy will uh, in a few weeks. Let's, let's, let's really change gears now. Uh, let's move over to Best Animated Feature. The nominees here, I think this is a really sort of stacked category because you have two Disney movies. You've got a Studio Ghibli co-production as well as a Leica film uh, that uh, the, the fact that there's no Pixar in this almost surprises me. But I guess uh, two Disneys was all they could muster. Uh, you've got Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. I am abstaining from this category because I only saw an hour of Kubo. So that is all I know. Um, as somebody who's seen a lot of these movies, I can weigh in here in regards to what should win and will win. What will win will be La La Land. And um, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. I think it'll be a right in ballot. And will win. No, um, you know, the, the will win is Zootopia. Uh, I think we in, in the world we live right now with Trump and it celebrates diversity. It really has a powerful political message, as most people know. And I think that's probably one of the many statements about the world we live in right now. You're going to hear Oscar night. Right. Um, so I think that one definitely is going to there. It's also visually beautiful. The storyline isn't particularly um, that new. Uh, the twists are not exactly that shocking, but it's visually gorgeous um, and the political statement is, you know, a nice one for uh, kids to hear. Now, the will win. You could not convince me it should not be Moana. I've not met, I have not met a single person who's seen the majority of these movies and doesn't think it's Moana. It is it is the 90s Disney type movie that you miss and they haven't made. It is the movies that Pixar had to start making because Disney stopped making them. So it, it is probably one of the best Disney movies um, since probably the, you know, Lion King, uh, Aladdin timeframe. Um, it is a, a true masterpiece in here. And the only thing that upsets me about the movie Moana is that it's not nominated for best picture as well, because it truly should be in that category, um, in my opinion. So those are my will wins and should wins will win again, being that it will be Zootopia should win Moana. Uh, I pretty much agree. I, I liked Kubo pretty much 
uh, it's really hard for me to decide between Kubo and Moana, but I do think that both of those are better than Zootopia. Uh, not to say Zootopia is bad. I thought it was surprisingly good. It's just much more simple and much blunter, I think, than Moana and Kubo, both of which ended up making me feel a lot more than I expected to feel in either of them. Just a lot of strong emotions going on there. So yeah, I, I, I'll agree. Zootopia is, is, I think, a lock here. Moana or Kubo, I think, would be better picks, though. I haven't seen Moana again, but um, I, Kubo was was really gorgeous visually, but I thought the story was very, very boring. Um, there wasn't a lot really to latch on to. Whereas um, the only other one in this category I saw was Zootopia, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was very, very very clever and obviously pretty timely, as we've uh, mentioned. So for me, that's my my will and should. Yeah, I'm going to abstain because I have only seen two out of these five. So I'm seeing some arguments that uh, this might be like it's time to finally win an Oscar, though, when it comes to Kubo. They've done better. Uh, do, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I finally saw Paranorman last year, and I thought that was uh, a very good film, uh, certainly better than Coraline. But perhaps I wonder if there's like an undercurrent maybe saying maybe it's time to find a reward like a for a really impressive effort then again i don't know every time i see this animated feature category it seems like if they can reward disney they will reward disney well it's also like zootopia just has won i think every major award for this category so it, it's like the la la land and best picture category where it's just sweeping listen if if kubo won and moana didn't i'd still be happier than if zootopia and it's it's a good solid third or fourth on my list within here it, it it has a powerful message, but it, to Cal's point, it didn't really make me feel anything. Um, I was wowed by a couple of visual scenes, but I was no more wowed. Akubo was just as wowing. And wow. so was, so were parts of Moana as well. Plus you had the rock rapping. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> My life as a zucchini is just happy to be there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? If that, if that ends up winning, I, I'm going to have a lot of egg on my face. Uh, <laughs> the six people who listen will definitely take you. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> oh, it'll happen at the party, probably. Thanks, Mom. It'll probably happen there. Okay. So the supporting categories, let's, let's do that uh, before we get into writing. So let's start with best supporting actor. A uh, an interesting lineup, I think. Uh, you have Mahershala Ali from Moonlight, Jeff Bridges from Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges from Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel from Lion, Michael Shannon from Nocturnal Animals. Hey, Cal, uh, why don't you start us off? I really do think this is Ali's category. Uh, I think he deserves it. I think that he's going to get it. I like Lucas Hedges in Manchester. I like Jeff Bridges a lot. But this is Ali's category. Like, will win, should win. Same, 100%. Will, should. Absolutely. <laughs> was that not articulate enough? I don't no, know. He was really good. Yeah. I know, a, I love him. He's but. amazing in the movie. That table scene where the kid is asking what, what a faggot is, is my favorite scene in the entire movie. And he just is uh, perfect in, in that scene. I think if he was not nominated, it would be for sure for Jeff Bridges because he is also, he to me, he is the only reason why that movie is nominated or known at all. He is phenomenal in that movie. He just keeps progressively playing an older and older man every right time, he's, every right time he's in a scroll. I mean, it's good. It's just, he's, he just, as, 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 as Chris Tapley, uh, my, our, our, uh, our colleague once said, 
on a podcast. He just wants to play the oldest man on earth. That's all <laughs> Jeff Bridges wants to do. And with a smile, with, with a minor twist every time, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm like phenomenal, great performance. But I completely agree with Hannah. This this is not one I personally would deviate from. It's going to be Moonlight for this one. I just yeah, I don't think there's any any chance of an upset. I'd be really really shocked especially after the golden globes and everyone's angry reactions and yeah i just think to his piece or or who was it that Aaron taylor johnson yeah. won for mm-hmm. nocturnal animals oh, right, right, which right, like right. why he was even nominated i don't know but i feel like sure. it's really unlikely that would happen again i think they, there's also something to be said when an actor just has an amazing gear and they're nominated for something like, you know, he was in Hidden Figures and he was, you know, um, he didn't have his powerful role in that one. But he's been in that and House of He's been just on a very good streak lately. And I think this is just what's going to push him over to becoming a really big star in Hollywood. So I will say, how great would it be to hear Michael Shannon's speech right now? <laughs> because he's been so amazing with his anti-Trump comments. Like, I want Mahershala to win. I, I'm sure that he I will. I haven't seen this movie. I love Michael Shannon. I've not seen this, so... He's so good. You need to read any interview he's done post-election, and you'll just feel happy. Honestly, <laughs> okay. read any interview he's done, period. Yeah. Like, his comments on Batman v Superman are amazing. <laughs> so good. What I want, I want uh, Ali to win, but I want Michael Shannon to rush the stage. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he could present and just say something off script. That would be great, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm in agreement here. Ali's the lock for this one. Although I'll, I'll say, too, that I think my shit is actually Lucas Hedges from Manchester. I think he's probably my favorite thing about that movie. What I really liked about the movie in general is just that it does a really good job of having these, like, incredibly tragic emotional moments, but also a lot of kind of real humor to them too. And I think uh, Hedges is really the the main um, main factor in the in that. He does a does a really good job of kind of both sides of that coin and is is really kind of an interesting character for that movie. I was willing to entertain passengers wherever you said that. <laughs> I am get out. willing to entertain Lucas Hedges for winning. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I think Lucas Hedges gets like the best emotional beat in that uh, in, in Manchester by the Sea when there's that freezer scene. Oh, freezer thing. Yeah, oh my god, it's a heart wrenching scene. Though I think he's a little inconsistent throughout the movie, uh, you know, as a young actor might be. Sure, um, it, it's going to be Mahershala Ali, yeah, um, and it probably should be. Uh, you know, Michael Shannon is very good in Nocturnal Animals. He's like maybe the only really good thing about that movie. Uh, and uh, Jeff Bridges is great. Uh, he's got great material to work with. And I think he's got some pretty strong uh, fellow castmates, in, uh, especially Chris Pine and, 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 and to an extent Ben Foster. But Mahershala Ali, I mean, it's, it's, it's his time. He had a great year in 2016. And I got to tell you, perhaps the highlight of his year was meeting me uh, in San Diego. <laughs> I'm sure it had to be. Uh, that's how I learned how to say his we'll first name. See how many episodes we can because he corrected you. Or? <laughs> no, he said he just said it out loud when he because uh, we were at a round table and he and uh, the uh, one of my fellow uh, members of the of the press circle had uh, said, uh, well, say, say your name for the IDs uh, for our recordings," and then he introduced himself. Now, best I'm of sure the- you'll be mentioned in the speech. Oh, I <laughs> should be. I really should be. Man, I had. Some- Great cottonmouth knowledge. Okay. Um, best supporting actress. Uh, we have Viola Davis for Fences, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, uh, uh, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, 
and Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. I'm going to go Viola Davis for should and will. Viola. 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 <laughs> I think she's the she's the win most likely. Um, we talked about it a little bit on the Rexies last week. She's by far and away the best thing about that movie, um, and is very very good in it. I'm, I actually I was kind of torn on this a little bit, but I I liked Michelle Williams a lot in Manchester. Also, I know I'm going for Manchester again on these supporting categories, but you know she's it was one of those things where um, kind of like Ali actually, where she's only in the movie. A little bit, um, you know, in just a couple sparse scenes, but the when she is in there, she's giving a really powerhouse performance. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see her win, but I think it's going to be Davis. I agree. Davis is uh, phenomenal. She really balances the frustrating parts of uh, Denzel Washington in the movie really well and, and, and hooks you back into the movie where you might be kind of frustrated with his rants uh, during the movie to no fault of his. I mean, it's the writing. And I think that they're like hidden figures, Octavia Spencer. I saw that. It's it's great. There's nothing. It doesn't. She doesn't. Her performance doesn't take you through any type of emotional journey. It's just, uh, you know, um, it's kind of just Octavia Spencer in this movie. Michelle Williams is beautiful in Manchester by the Sea. And I would argue probably the best acting out of the of the people in that movie. But she's in it for like a fraction of a second. And just as just when you get excited to see her. um kind of come to life in that movie she's gone um and she's no more and so that's the that's the hard part which is viola really from a supporting perspective was in the movie much more consistent and gave many powerful performances and michelle kind of gave one um so i'm going to say viola davis uh, will and should win yeah I, I i agree with everything that you guys have said viola this is viola davis's category she will win she should win I loved Michelle Williams. I think that if Davis wasn't in this category, I would go with her, even though she had a very small scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Harris was the worst part of Moonlight. I think Spencer was too small. I didn't see Lion. Honestly, I would probably almost prefer getting to Octavia Spencer or Naomi Harris, like Janelle Monet or someone yep. mm-hmm. who gave who had just so much charisma in, in her performance. But even then, it's Davis. It's it's going to be Davis. I, uh, I, I'm i not a big fan of Michelle Williams in general. I really don't like her in Manchester by the Sea. I just have to make that known. Uh, I, I just, I, I, that's a performer that I just do not understand the love for. But she deserves to be there a hell of a lot more than Naomi Harris. Yep. Uh, which I, I just don't even – I can't even begin to understand uh, why, why she's in this category. Uh, but it's going to be uh, – Viola, 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 Viola Davis. It's Viola. It's Viola. Stand. Okay, <laughs> as, as the big of a stand as you are against uh, Michelle Williams and understanding her, I don't understand the hate against Naomi Harris. I will say this as somebody who grew up in areas like that, that there are times when she was going to performance where it literally reminded me of my mom. Or I was like, no, that's actually what a person looks and acts like when you're going through a state like that. Um she was one of my, but I absolutely agree that the one of the crimes of, of the acting category here is that Janelle wasn't represented. She had a phenomenal year across multiple movies. Yeah. I wouldn't be upset at all if she replaced Octavia Spencer here for Moonlight. Um, that would be that that would have made me extremely happy about this. I don't think she would have won, but it would have made me happy about the category in general. I I think that there's just a strong policy that if Janelle Monae is not in a movie. <laughs> We should always be asking, where's Janelle Monae? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would co-sign on that policy uh, as somebody who has long enjoyed uh, Miss Monet's music. 
and uh, been a big fan for a long time. So that is uh, that is something I'm down for. Um, all right, let's move into writing. And we'll start with what I think is probably the best category of the entire slate. Uh, best original screenplay. Those nominees are Hell or High Water, La La Land, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, and 20th Century Women. Now, uh, I, I, I know for certain, and, and even more so than even in cinema, cinematography, the screenplay categories typically reflect uh, one of them is going to be the best picture winner. And uh, considering that the two front runners are in the one or the other category, uh, that's probably what it's going to shape up to be uh, on Oscar night. So La La Land is going to win. And I, I, I like La La Land's screenplay. I think it does some really... Um, it asks some intriguing questions about traditionalism and the, um, it, the maybe even at a more base level, sort of how far you're willing to go to sacrifice your own wants and desires as an artist, or even just as a person in general, when we set our goals for our own lives. Uh, but man, the lobster has a brilliant screenplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a really good performance in there, too. A couple of good performances. And it's directed well. It's a cool-looking movie. It's edited well. But it is a brilliant screenplay. Uh, and I am... Uh, I think it's a crime that it's not going to win. Yeah, this is probably the only category that I feel really, really strongly about. And I'd, I'd really love to see The Lobster win. It. It's um, it's a brilliant screenplay. It's And it's my favorite movie of the year, Um so uh, I'd love to see it win. There's no way uh, it's not going to La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I f- I f- so the lobster is my should for this, but I feel like maybe Manchester by the Sea is the will. Hmm. I don't know why. I just feel like it's... um. Uh, if it's going to win something besides Stupid Casey Affleck, it's going to be this. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, actually. You know, I, I think that La La Land and Manchester are super close, but I kind of feel like there's like a bit of a La La Land backlash going on. And well, I think that there's a lot of depth and emotionality to it. It feels shallower compared to Ma- uh, Manchester. I don't think that's true, but that's that's a feeling that you get. Um, and I, 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 agree, I mean... I loved the script for Hell or High Water. I thought 20th Century Women was very strong, but I agree. It, it should be The Lobster. I am baffled that that was even nominated um, because honestly, I think it probably should be The Lobster out of everything I've seen this year. And I never say that about basically any Oscar category. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's going to be La La Land. I, I think in many cases, La La Land as an overall like original screenplay doesn't... Um, doesn't stand out as much as Manchester by the Sea, but there are a lot of complexities that are written for musicals like that in a screenplay, not just uh, the writing, but the direction that La La Land probably made it very difficult. I mean, this is a category where I agree with Kyle will go to the best picture. And so, you know, the will win, I think in many cases is going to align with La La Land in that case. I do want to to back up Cal on Hell or High Water too. That's a really good script and a really smart one. 
that I think asks some interesting moral questions regarding like uh, gun culture and how it interacts with sort of failed policies in rural America uh, in a wrapped up in like pulp wrapping, you know, it's, it's not like a preachy boring movie either. So I, I, I was really impressed with both it and the lobster. Um, but uh, well, La La Land's probably going to win, but go Yorgos Lathamos. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> I just had to say that. Um, best adapted screenplay. Uh, we've got Arrival, Fences, Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight. I think Moonlight will win this one almost as sort of an apology for the fact that it will lose Best Picture. That's my prediction. I agree. I, I 100% agree. I mean, I think it, uh, it will win. I, I could be convinced that the should win could be Arrival. But I think to your point, like if there, if this is the second place and it's going to go to Moonlight, Moonlight probably deserves the best picture win as well. And so it'll win this best adapted screenplay. Yeah, Moonlight's definitely going to win. Um, I wasn't super in love with the screenplay in a lot of ways, um, but uh, I think it's a lock here. Uh, I would probably give it to Arrival. As you said, this is going to be with La La Land and uh, Manchester battling it out in original screenplay and best picture. Moonlight is going to take adapted screenplay unquestionably. Yeah, Kyle, I, I'm, I'm perfectly in line with you on that. I, Moonlight's the, the will win, and I'd, I'd love to see a rival take it. I, I think it does some really, really clever and interesting narrative stuff, and a lot of that comes down to the screenplay, obviously. And I, um, I mean, I'm sure Moonlight's going to win, but I, I, I tend to agree with Cal about Arrival. And, and the reason I say that is because I guess there's some question about the adapted adaptability or the adapted nature of Moonlight. There was a lot of, there were a lot of people that thought it should have been an original screenplay, mm-hmm. particularly since it was based off a school project mm-hmm. versus something that was like necessarily uh, published. Uh, it almost feels like it's a little, I, I don't know if I'd call it category fraud, but it does, it does certainly seem like it was sort of paving itself a way to get an Oscar in this category. I didn't think that was their decision. I thought the Academy moved it. Well, yeah, maybe they did. I don't know. I, th- I think they whiplashed it. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's what's going to earn Moonlight an Oscar for mm-hmm. uh, adapted screenplay. Though, you know, Arrival, uh, based on what I know about the Ted Chiang story, uh, it seems it, it's, it's maybe more of an impressive feat to uh, turn a short story into uh, a long... Uh, I don't know, movie. turning a school project into a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Um, but uh, we seem, seem like we're all in consensus about Moonlight's uh, uh, win here. Now, let's lead over to uh, Best Actor. Uh, our lead actors that are up for uh, this award are Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, Vigo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic and Denzel Washington in Fences. Man, this category sucks. This is the worst one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actively embarrassed that Garfield got a nomination for that performance. It is laughable. Like, it, it, it is a laughably bad performance. Hashtag not my best actor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of these actors are doing what they do in every single movie, and it's like... Ryan Gosling, he's great, but he was Ryan Gosling. Love yeah, Land is a documentary about Ryan Gosling's life, I think. Is Captain Fantastic? Well, here's what I here's what I will say though. Viggo Morrison, in my opinion, is 
actually the one who probably is the best in this category. I've seen this movie. I think it's a phenomenal movie. I think he is spectacular in the movie. It's my favorite movie of him so far that I've seen. I think you could, there's an argument that Casey Affleck did an amazing job. And if you put the political stuff aside that's going on in his life right now, he probably does deserve this award. He did a phenomenal job. And even if it is kind of Casey Affleck and probably where he grew up anyway, right place, right time, right role. He did it, right? Um, but I think Viggo uh, Mortensen, I think he should win. And I think it will win will be Casey Affleck. Yeah, I mean, Casey Affleck. I guess of these performances, it's the one that I was the most impressed with putting aside the ugly nature of, uh, the, of the issues surrounding his, uh, uh, I guess, harassment of, uh, of, uh, colleagues. Uh, but you know, Denzel Washington won the SAG. And, you know, when you start talking about, we start talking about that branch. Now I realize the acting branch of the Academy is much smaller then the the SAG is probably about 10 times as big. But it makes me wonder if the largest branch of the Academy will uh, turn around and support Denzel here in the end. I mean, it seems like Casey Affleck is, is the more likely winner just because of precursors. But if the actors are on Denzel's side... That's the end of it. Well, and, and Affleck deserves it for Denzel. Definitely. Yeah. I, mean, I agree with that. Just, I agree with that. that. And I would argue that uh, Vigo deserves it more than Casey based on um, acting in a movie. But um, you're right. There's a, there's always, of course, a hint of politics in all of these categories, whether it's political in nature environment, like, you know, uh, Oscar's so white and so now still having to make up for that in future years whether it's a person's personal life like Casey Affleck or whether it's just the, in the mere fact that people do like Denzel Washington, he's a safe bet and no one's, I mean, I'll be upset, but not too many people are <laughs> going to be upset if he wins. I'll be yep. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I did not love Denzel here. I mean, but he, he was the movie the same way that Casey Affleck was Manchester. And there's obviously a lot of love for both of those movies in the Academy right now. Yeah, God, uh, it seems neck and neck between um, Affleck and Washington. I'm going to say Denzel uh, on a long shot. But God, I don't even know who I think should win in this. Like, I I haven't seen Captain Fantastic. Honestly, uh, fuck it. Like, should win, I don't know, Ryan Gosling and the Nice Guys? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Colin Farrell and the Lobster. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, lot, of, lot of people missing here. That was a snub. This whole category away. <laughs> I was also surprised that, uh, not because I think it would make this list that much better, but I was surprised that Tom Hanks didn't get nominated for Sully. I agree. That just yeah. seemed like such an obvious yeah. Oscars thing. Well, shoving Ryan Gosling in here is is, is honestly the, the bigger shock to yeah. me. Not Vigo, because I think there was some, some real heat around Vigo's... Uh, campaigning here i mean he was doing interviews for the first time in years but ryan gosling i, I just that's like that's like nominating um john dujardine for the artist and he won <laughs> <laughs> here's what i'll say go back and watch captain fantastic i think you'll probably come back and say oh okay yeah that definitely should have been considered like heavily up there with casey yeah i'm gonna give casey the will I haven't even seen it, and I'm going to give Vigo the should, just because no one else on here deserves the should. So maybe he does. Wait, Harper, did you did you pick yours already? It's uh, oh, it's Casey Affleck is going to win it. Um, but yeah, I'm not crazy about any of these. I'll, yeah, uh, I'll I'll lose my mind if Denzel Washington wins. Is the is the 
one of the worst performances of one of my least favorite actors. <laughs> oh, I love him. I, I do, for the most part, mind him. This is just not my favorite role by him. Yeah, I agree. And, and while I agree the, the the role is written for you, the key difference between Kel, in my opinion, between Casey and Denzel is while they're both the movie, Casey pulls it off where I still like his character at the end and enjoy his performance where I don't with Denzel. And I just sit there and I think, God, did Viola carry this movie mm-hmm. the entire time? Um, so... You like Denzel, just not this role. I think there's something to be said, though, for like the mindset of the Academy voters. I think that, you know, I mean, right now, a lot of them are real fucking angry and depressed and sad, (laughs) knowing Hollywood. And so it kind of makes sense to go for the one where you kind of end up hating the guy a little, like you understand him, but you hate him, rather than one where you are more on his side. I don't know, like... I, I just there's something that just tells me Denzel's going to win, and I, even though I don't think he should, I don't think anybody on here should, so I don't care. Same, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm with Cal. I'm, I think I think the actors' branch is going to come through for Denzel, mm-hmm. even though I, I I actually like Casey Affleck's performance in that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was you know I thought it was his best work since uh, the assassination of Jesse James. I'm with Cal, too, on the I don't care part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So by a hair, we said Casey Affleck. But yeah. don't don't be surprised if Denzel uh, pulls a shock. Best actress, Isabel Hubert for Elle, Ruth Naga for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. So I'm a really big fan of Ruth Naga. Uh, in loving i thought she was outstanding and it was really a star making role for her and so i'm very excited that she was nominated uh, in one of her first major uh you know film roles uh having been a tv actress for a number of years now but it's a tight race i think between natalie portman and emma stone and i really don't know who will win and i sat here making my little ballot and xing off who i thought would win i did not know what the I think it's going to be Emma Stone. I just think that this is someone that you want to see win something. It reminds me of Jennifer, um, what's her name? One, two years. Lawrence. Uh, yes. Where the first one I think deserved uh, her Oscar. And then the second one, it's just like, oh, you just want to see her on stage and you want to see her get an award. And it's just kind of fun and exciting. I think people want to see Emma Stone win this um, award. I don't think she's the most deserving. She's almost just the hair, maybe a couple steps above Ryan Gosling. And like, do I give crap about her performance in La La Land? No. I actually think that this is one of the years, because I think they they nominate Meryl almost every time she just has a freaking movie out just because she's Meryl Streep. This is one of the years where I think she deserves it. The nomination, not the win. This is a great role by uh, for Meryl Streep. I think Natalie Portman's acting is stronger than Emma Stone's uh, overall, but I think Emma Stone will win. So I think should win will be Natalie Portman and will win will be Emma Stone. But to be fair, I've not seen Loving. Yeah, I I, I think Emma Stone's got this uh, as much as I'd like to see Portman win. Honestly, though, I I think I'm with Kyle. Uh, Ruth Nega would be my my pick. She was she was really great in a role that I thought was tough to pull off uh, because she's so passive for much of the movie. But um, yeah, she was just fantastic, man. And remember when she was like a. B-list villain and Agents of Shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, was, and she was just on Preacher last year. A, a not particularly great show either. Uh, 
I, I do want to stand up for Meryl Streep, though. She's pretty damn good in this movie. Somebody needs to. I do. I mean, look, look. I realize that that, that she's going to get nominated at any opportunity they can nominate her for. She's really funny in this. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. And uh, funny, like, in a way that I'm not used to from her. Mm-hmm. I don't think the best performance in that movie got nominated, I'm sad to say, which I think was Hugh Grant. But... I just I like Meryl Streep. She's not going to win anything. She shouldn't win. But uh, some I just wanted to mention that really fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, unlike the best actor category, I don't feel like any of these nominations are out of place. Minus uh, Isabel Hubert, only because I have not seen her mm-hmm. film, so I can't comment on that one. But everyone else, it's like it makes sense to me that they're there. And I definitely think Ruth uh, for Loving would be my should. But yeah, I think uh, Stone's got it. Um, I think I think Natalie Portman's probably going to walk away with this one. That's that's my guess. Um, just that's that's like an you know that's an Oscar movie. That's I, I wouldn't create really crazy about either of the two movies from this category uh, or either of the two performances um, from this category that I saw. Um, but I think she's probably walking away with that one. You know, there was a time when Jackie was a Best Picture contender, mm-hmm. and then it just stopped. Yeah, I don't know if, if hidden fi- uh, hidden figures or I almost did it. I almost did it because I started thinking about it. Uh, hidden figures or uh, like Lion just like got in its way as like yeah. one of the sort of upstart films that that uh, almost filled out the ballot. But well, it had everybody at the trailer. You saw the trailer and you're like, oh shit, let me clear my schedule. Then you watch the movie and you're like, okay, it's great cinematography, great score. And a very monotone, breathy Natalie Portman mm. for two hours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Ruth Nega just is the most understated performance here in a really good way. Like that whole movie was understated, loving. It was just not flashy. Um, whereas I think Natalie Portman's performance was almost the opposite. Like it was a very overstated performance. And I think... Uh, Emma Stone was kind of somewhere in the middle, and that's why she's going to end up taking it. Hmm. I guess I got to make a decision. Um, I don't know. There's something in my gut that's telling me this is going to be Emma Stone's year. Uh, And I just, I think, you know, I think this is Natalie Portman's best performance since Black Swan. Uh, In the end, I I think. In between the Marvel movies? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, probably some, I can't remember what what was the last thing she was in. Jane has a gun. Ooh, yeah. Something like that. She yeah. should play like a Western movie. Yeah. This is the, I think, La La Land's best chance in an acting award, right? I mean, it's, it's, you know, one of these categories. Definitely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that bet. Um, okay. Best director. Uh, we have Damon Chazelle for La La Land, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, and Denis Villeneuve for Arrival. I think in this political climate, we all know that Mel Gibson is the obvious choice. <laughs> I mean, they nominated him, uh, so they, there's passion for that for that uh, for that uh, job. I, I wish that I could see whatever these people saw in Hacksaw Ridge, <laughs> but it was one third a just I thought just uh, one third a pretty brilliant like war movie. And two thirds, just the worst thing that I saw this year. <laughs> um, yeah, Gibson is. What the fuck is he on here for? <laughs> on next week's podcast, we're going to tackle how you buy an Oscar nomination. We'll be talking about that. <laughs> Nobody likes him personally, politically. He's toxic. Like, what the fuck? He made a bad movie. 
Look, William Chazelle's going to win. I think Barry Jenkins uh, has a chance at an upset, but I think that Chazelle is going to take it. Uh, I would give it to Villain Villeneuve, though. Like, I think that he was fantastic with a really difficult script and a really complex idea, and he just brought it really powerfully to life. I, I think Damon Chazelle is going to win. He's sort of the wonder kid uh, that, uh, you know, er, er, everything he's produced has been pretty strong, I think, thus far. And uh, it, I think Hollywood kind of sees him as their next, like, great hope uh, for uh, producing some really exciting cinema. Plus, I mean, La La Land's an impressive production that somebody that's 31 made. I, I repeat, 31 um, that's, uh, that's, just, you know, Harper, when you get to 31, oh. uh, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll understand, uh, our, our pain here. It becomes <laughs> difficult to think creatively. <laughs> ever, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to say should, should and will for Damien Chazelle. It's the only place where I will really just, uh, defy Moonlight. To me, this one's kind of a toss up between La La Land and Moonlight, um, I don't really know how I feel about it. I, I think I'm, I'd probably prefer Moonlight to win just because that's, um, especially from a directorial standpoint, that's a, um, you know, it's an actor's movie. So uh, I think that should win, but I think La La Land is probably the will, but I'm, I'm, I'm waffling on that one. Yeah. I think La La Land is going to win. I think my should win is actually a rival. Um, I think transferring that to the big screen and, and capturing all those moments is very difficult. I repeat that, just nothing terribly um, exciting or and new to me from La La Land. And I think one of the things I've just started to notice as I was looking down at our sheets is perhaps La La Land is walking away with a lot of stuff because everyone's split. I mean, everyone seems to be split between Arrival and Moonlight um, across multiple categories. That La La Land just seems like it's like, well, it's I'm just noticing between all of us. One of us is saying Moonlight. The other one is saying Arrival. And then we're kind of calling it even by saying, well, I guess it's going to be La La Land. Um, and, and that just goes to show you, I think at least that, that kind of feels right with the sentiment I have about La La Land, where I'm like, eh, sure, why not? So La La Land, I think, will definitely win. I think the should win should be a rival. I think that's a fair argument you make about preferential balloting, especially like La La Land might not be anybody's number one choice. But if there's a lot of different number one choices and it's everybody's number two, mm -hmm. right. then it slips in every single time. And that's just, I guess, that, you know, there's an argument to be made that preferential balloting sort of benefits just the generally agreeable movie, uh, which tends to, like an Argo, tends to win an Oscar that way. Um, but it also keeps, I guess, really crazy off-the-wall choices from winning, too, which can be good or bad, depending on your... Or the very passionate, which is, hey, this group right here, right? In this case, it may not necessarily favor our choices in some categories. You know, it should be pointed out that Barry Jenkins is also in his 30s. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, He's 37, man. I just looked it Wow. Up. He's not so... 31, though. <laughs> He's not no, but come on. These guys are young. <laughs> yeah, they, oh, no. They, no 30, believe me, I, I want to believe 37 is young. Uh, it, it's just so hard for me because when you have Hamilton, that type of dream state built up in the same year around the same time as La La Land, and you compare the two, and no one's, you know, theater ones, they just don't, they're, they're not the same. And one of them is far, Hamilton is far better in regards to like an innovator, someone who thought of something different and brought it. So that, and that's just my whole thing with La La Land. I just was just waiting, just waiting for something to take a different turn than I expected. And it just never came. Yeah, I, I definitely should for Barry Jenkins and Moonlight. 
I'm unfortunately will for Damien Chazelle and La La Land. And I don't say unfortunately because I think he's a bad director. I just, I'm, I'm surprised this film is what he's getting it for. First of all, I liked his last one better. Whiplash. Yeah. I thought Whiplash was far better. better. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I don't know. I just think in every way, Barry Jenkins did a better job with probably tougher materials, very niche, you know, and it's, it's very, if you read about, you know, interviews with Barry Jenkins, he talks about growing up in Miami and why he kind of picked that for this project. It seems very self-informed in that way. Um, I think it's going to get robbed, but I think it should win. This is a strong category, uh, mm-hmm. barring, I guess, Mel Gibson, um, <laughs> which I think probably should have been filled with David McKenzie from Hell or High Water. If I, I agree. had to pick somebody, um, uh, I mean, we could, I could, you could make an argument for Yorgos Lathamos or somebody else. But it was also weird Scorsese didn't get a nomination. For silence, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people thought that that's, that's the branch that would come through for him, but yeah. they didn't. Uh, I'll be honest, if we're, if we're going with should have been nominated... Bak Chan Wook should have been nominated for The Handmaiden. Here. Sure, I, I agree with you on that too. And we, since we didn't get a chance to talk about best foreign language film, yeah, that uh, it's not even—I uh, don't even think it got nominated for that. Nope. Which is—it blows my mind. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, South Korea did not put it up. Oh, for, uh, uh, <laughs> what a what a mistake bad there. Yeah, <laughs> golly. Um, all right, so it looks like we generally agree that Damien Chazelle will probably get his first, first probably a few Oscars uh, with his young career, unless it really tanks out. But, um, well, a, a really nice category. It's a tough category to fight through, so perhaps there may be some surprises, depending on how this next category goes. Uh, best Picture, which is the, uh, the big, the big uh, kahuna. You've got Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Heller Highwater, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Uh, I mean, the argument here is that it's it's a two horse race, but uh, perhaps La La Land and Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the missing Deadpool that many people thought would get nominated yeah, as the tenth film. Which I what a um, well, I got fucking yelled at for talking down about Deadpool by at least one person already. <laughs> like, yeah, like this person was angry that like this person was this person like Oscars so whited nerddom because <laughs> Deadpool didn't get nominated. That's uh, I, I that is that that was some hype I do not understand at all. Uh, that movie's fine. It's not bad. It's not best picture worthy. It's a good thing it didn't get nominated because, you know, with our contractual obligation to Disney, we would have been. Well, it's not Disney. It's, but I know, my friend. That is Fox. Never mind. We would not have been obligated <laughs> to take it. The folks at Disney would not be happy. Ike Perlmutter will be uh, heading to your door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got he's got Trump powers now. Um, OK, so I, I don't know, man. OK. This could be like the shock category, right? I re- remember how years ago we thought Gravity was going to win Best Picture, and it turned out 12 Years a Slave won, but it did not win Best Director. I think there could be a really strong chance for a split, and I think uh, I'm going to say will win, should win, Moonlight. I tend to go Moonlight as my as my uh, will win as well, um, especially with the whole, um, with Oscar so white. I think there's a real real good chance. Not not saying that that's the the reason it'll win, but um, you know I think that might play into it. 
And uh, while I do truly love that movie, and I love um, I love La La Land too, I would love to see Arrival take it home. Just um, that that was the movie on here that was highest up on my list, and and overall, you know, best picture to me is you know does does a lot of good in every category, um, and Arrival does that the best. Um, you know, it has has some good performances. It's got great cinematography, a good score. It's got you know, a lot of stuff I like across the board. So that, that would be my should win. But um, I think Moonlight's going to gonna take it. We were just talking about the splitting and, and how La La Land is probably generally across most people consider. And that's where I think, again, this movie is going, this is the category that it's going to shine. I think that there's going to be a lot of sci-fi tech geeks who are going to gravitate towards Arrival. And that's the type of movie that they'll watch for many years and love that movie. I think there's a lot of individuals who are going to do the same thing with Moonlight and they're going to watch that for many years and it's going to be something that they favor as one of their favorite movies of all time. And then I think across the board, well, and it's just going to always, I think it's a Hollywood favorite. I think right now Hollywood is so under fire politically in our environment. This seems like the type of movie you would want to reward because it's so pro Hollywood. It's Hollywood in your face. It's like, look at the magic of Hollywood. It's beautiful. It's glamorous. And right now, you know, it's it's uh, at least from a political perspective, it's not the time to be. I don't necessarily think that Moonlight will win for any racial release, uh, reasons because look at the who they're gonna who's gonna walk away with the acting awards. It's it's gonna be one, two, potentially three if Denzel wins three major categories for that team. So I don't necessarily think that that's gonna be why Moonlight wins. I would hope to think if it wins, it's based on its merit. But I think that La La Land is just a magical enough movie to make people happy and excited about. Hollywood and the Oscars, you know, like it's the type of movie 20 years from now when they do like a, here's what happened in the past 15 years of cinema. You could just see a small clip from that movie being shown. Yeah. It's really hard between Moonlight. And I mean, I, I I think that everything that you say is accurate. I just, I I really can't make up my mind as to whether Moonlight or um, La La Land will win. Like, all, everyone's arguments have been good, but then like we just gave like every category to La La Land. And if La La Land sweeps all of these categories, what are the odds that it won't take best picture? Right. But fuck it. You know, Moonlight, I think that there's just such a passionate fan base for Moonlight. And I do think that especially with as, uh, bleak and all that as things are right now i think that the nuanced emotionality of moonlight will draw a lot of people to it so yeah i'm gonna say moonlight will win uh that said arrival should win on this list Uh, in my opinion uh, arrival was one of the uh two or three best movies of the year it was fantastic it was complicated it was uh yeah i mean as you say it's one i'm going to be revisiting for a long time so yeah, Moonlight will, Arrival should. Yeah, no guts, no glory, Moonlight. Yeah, I, I, Arrival was my personal favorite movie of the whole year and definitely of this list. But um, I feel like I have to distinguish between the best movie and my favorite movie, if that makes sense. Like it, it definitely has flaws, um, but the subject matter and the, the themes involved were just so interesting to me that that's why it was a favorite I think Moonlight should, and I was thinking that La La Land would until the last couple of weeks when it seemed like all of a sudden there was this kind of kind of reaction to everybody saying how great it was with people coming back and saying it wasn't that great, actually, and like their expectations being high and this film not meeting them or seeming superficial or silly, which I think will make it get bumped lower than number two on some people's ballots. 
Um, and I think Moonlight will occupy the first and second categories on a lot of people's ballots. So I'm going to go Moonlight, but it's it's honestly almost a toying cost. I hope so. I mean, nothing would make me happier than if Moonlight Arrival won over La La Land. Um, but I think if there's going to be an upset, it's in the directing. And I think you brought up a great point. Someone brought up, I thought, I think it was you, Kyle, but someone brought up a great point. The director and best picture don't always align. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so if there was going to, I think it is possible that, you know, Damien will potentially be kind of, you know, underhanding, like, you won by giving you best picture and we're going to give director to Barry, you know, uh, Jenkins to highlight that movie as well. I mean, honestly, I even went into this podcast thinking that La La Land would be the will. But then the more I thought of it, it's honestly asked me in five minutes and I'll change my mind again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a it's such a tough call between the two of them. And I think it's important to take a look at cinematography and editing because there aren't many places actually where La La Land and Moonlight square off. I don't think. I mean, there's a few there's a few here and there in the technical categories like score. But, you know, that's La La Land's to lose, basically. But. Editing and cinematography may be telling in the end uh, as to where, as to as to either how tight this race is or how tight it might not be at all. And, you know, we talk about the split between picture and director. I'm trying to think back. I know last year it split. Uh, the year before it did not. Uh, the year, and then we have, of course had the 12 Years a Slave uh, Gravity year. And then the year before that, we had the Argo Best Picture winning year. Mm. So we've got a number of years where director and picture have not aligned. So it's possible that history could repeat itself. Or maybe not. Maybe Hollywood just loves La La Land. I I don't know. But uh, it sounds like we're sort of leaning towards an upset for Moonlight, though it's not really an upset. It's. I mean, and, and it doesn't sound like we're really sure, honestly. Pick heads or tails, flip a coin, and then make that how you fill out your ballot this year because that it feels that arbitrary between the two of them. I think it's the best, like, best picture race since 2007. Not in terms of quality of film, which I actually love both of those movies, but the tightest race we've seen in a long time. Last year, nobody knew who was going to win best picture. There were There weren't two favorites. Uh, and then the year before that, yeah, it was very clear. It was probably going to be Birdman that was going to win Best Picture. So um, it's not my favorite when we say it's the closest, though. Not only but for not with the right reasons in many cases, um, because you, again, and this is just my personal favorite. If if La La, La, La Land is uh, it's becoming closer because it's losing steam. Mm-hmm. You know, not because it deservedly, you know, um, there are stronger movies being, you know, if you told me like uh, Martin Scorsese's movie, it just came, you know, it was just recently released and now it's starting to, you know, uh, it's really starting to be seen by individuals and that would be a different story. But I really, really hope that uh, Moonlight wins. I just, I think that they're going to want to give some pro Hollywood movie a, you know, a nice little bump. So hard to say. Yeah. Well, do we have any any final thoughts here to wrap up now that we've, we've gone through everything uh, and uh, you've got a chance to sort of, Check us off on Oscar night on February 26th. That's Sunday at, uh, I guess, 8 o'clock. But who, uh, anybody, anybody have any final thoughts for Oscar night uh, based on the nominees, based on anything you, you think is just dreadfully missing or uh, anything you'd like to add before we close? Yeah, Kyle, I was actually wondering if I could get your feedback on uh, what you think about best makeup and hairstyling. Uh... Uh, Star Trek Beyond, I think in a, in a runaway, actually. Uh, and now I, I realize you're, you're trying to troll me into talking about Suicide Squad <laughs> one more time, that David Ayer <laughs> classic of superhero cinema. But uh, I actually think Star Trek Beyond has pretty awesome makeup. So, uh, and again, 
one of those technical aspects that I think are pretty darn great about that movie. Sure. I agree. And I'm wondering why there's no, uh, you know, there's only three movies this year that had hair. So, <laughs> once again, that's uh, that explains why there's only three nominees. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who they snubbed in that category. I don't even know. A lot of the period pieces. I'm kind of surprised. Like Jackie's not on there. Yeah. Um, Jackie for best hair. Yeah. Well, and costume. Well, and the and the what's the uh, the Harry Potter esque? Yeah, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you would think that this, would be. I feel like we have this conversation about makeup and hairstyle every year. It's weird that there's there's all. It seems like it's only a three. Uh, three nominee category for some reason. I mean, I Florence know. Foster Jenkins, she wears a wig. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it takes. Yeah, a wig. That's all it takes. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if there are some small um, nuances to how they determine what can be nominated in here that maybe we just aren't aware of. It, yeah. It's always the category. It and song are always the categories where they cut something out. Song mm-hmm. this year, I'm shocked there were five. Yeah. Because there could have been more for sure. Yeah. Who's the host again this year? Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, so not Fallon. Yeah, it should be, yeah, it should be a pretty decent show. <laughs> better, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there, I guess there won't be a song, thank God, uh, because <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel can't sing. Though I guess that doesn't that never stop Billy Crystal. Other so. people will sing, I'm yeah. sure. But Hugh Jackman will come on just for a surprise little, then do his ditty and then sit down. <laughs> That would be all right. And then he'll say, go see Wolverine. Thanks. <laughs> uh, all right. So February 26th, that Sunday, Oscar night, one of the one of my favorite nights of the year. And I think certainly uh, we always have a good time that night. So uh, we'll we'll see how things go. And here's to uh, hopefully even better 2017 in the, in the, in the movies. Yeah.